Amen. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Amen. 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 We believe that. And, and we've walked the journey with Sarah. And I want to tell you that I witnessed today. I thought I was being took into another waiting room. And I ended up in, on the surgery procedure. I thought, what? I feel a bit faint. <laughs> Be brave, mother. <laughs> do you, I said to her, do you want to hold my hand? What I really meant is, will you hold mine? <laughs> It's the second time in my life that's happened to me. I took my mother once. So she had to have a procedure, bless her, for her bladder. And I thought I was taking her into another waiting room. And I was in the operating theatre. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. So they went, it's okay, come on in. I said to my mother, you've got the wrong daughter. My, my sister is a nurse. Anyway, I sat through that procedure. I'm not the bravest of people. When it comes to procedures, <laughs> God knows, doesn't he? But I want to tell you, I was witness today to everything that Sarah said. I saw it with my eyes and saw what God did. Yeah, so praise God yet again. Praise God yet again. Well, oh, God is so good, isn't he? So good. So, I've been intrigued. Can't turn my iPad on now. <laughs> and God is so good because um, he starts to do that what you're looking for him to do. I didn't think we were going to do this tonight. Didn't know where we were going to go tonight. But already we've heard three testimonies that people have received something here, tonight, now. Yeah? Three people, and I consider there's more, and I'm going to say it because I know that there are others. If you will humble yourself and you will reach your hand out in childlike trust, you will receive as well. Yeah? It's possible before you go home tonight. But there's a humility. You see, to become childlike, we need to humble ourselves, and we need to say, actually, I don't know it all. I thought I did but I don't. I haven't got all the answers. You see, that scripture that I read to you talks about humility. It talks about the power of the spirit. It talks about the fact that we're not to fear man, and it also teaches us to expect miracles. Never stop expecting miracles. Even when you get bad reports. We decided, we took authority in Jesus' name. No, those ovaries are not going to be rubbish. They're going to be okay. We decided from the get-go, look, looked at Sarah on Monday and, and said to him, I'm not having that. Your ovaries are okay. You know, we've got, to t we, we've got to see what Jesus says. There's life in his name. We can turn things around. You know, God is the one who turns things around. But he looks for us. You know, it's what I said Sunday morning 
to move in that authority which he's given to us. It's precious. Yeah? It's precious. But it's ours. So what have I been intrigued about? Who's, um, who's been hearing about this revival? Mm. Now, I get intrigued, you see. Now, as with every something that's going on, um, you know, you get your critics, don't you? It's never changed. But there's a revival that's not now just broke out in one campus, university campus in universi- uh, university in America. It started in Kentucky, but it's spreading around the region. I'm not there. But be careful, everybody, that we don't make a decision that this isn't God when it just could be. Yeah? I'm not there. So at times like this, this is, this is what I tend to do. I tend to read, read. I want to read up about it. I want to find out about it. And not only am I just listening to what's happening and I'm reading and I'm looking and it's spreading and, you know, people not just in the university but outside of the university. They've been having praise and worship outside the university. 20,000 odd people. They've decided to shut it down. I think it was as of today or it might have been yesterday because of the time thing. Um, and they're moving into somewhere else now because they think that the students need to have a little bit of, you know, they're, they're meant to be studying, aren't they? <laughs> so they're trying to bring some decency in order. That's not wrong. And, but they're moving to other places and they're still given opportunities. So I've been reading. And what I tend to do is look for people that I know are solid and are sound. And some of those people have been over there and they've been witnessing and they've looked at it. So I've looked at that. And then I've always been intrigued about revival. So I look back on the revivals of old and I'm talking about, you know, the, the Welsh revival um, and, you know, the revival that... Um, well, there's so many, and I've just been reading. And the thing that's been intriguing me is, I thought, well, what are the marks of a revival? That we can call it an, a revival. There are some scholars that are a bit reluctant to say that the Kentucky um, outpouring is a revival. So they're choosing the word like awakening. Um, and, and there are lots of different names. But what it's boiling down to is God is present. And whatever you want to call it, it matters not. But we should be open and seeing and hearing. And then, and then tonight I come here. And I just have been crying out and saying to God, well, if this is happening in the world, then it can happen here. <laughs> And so tonight, the Spirit of God comes here, maybe in a little whisper. We haven't gone on for hours and hours and hours because this revival meeting in Kentucky started on the 8th of February, and it's still been going on. You keep saying, We're gonna, there's going to come a day. Yeah, I know. Don't shout at me. I know. <laughs> She's telling me there's going to come a day when our meetings are just going to go on, and we're not going to think about going home. And we aren't going to worry about the nitty-gritty and whether the chicken's burning or not because it just won't be on our radar. How many times have you said that to me, Helen? So, 
we should ask, we should look. Don't, you don't put the chicken in no more. No, she's given up putting the chicken in because it already runs a bit late. So she's decided she won't have her chicken on a Sunday. So I know all of this because she tells me it every week. So I know she's not having her chicken for dinner because if the meeting overruns, the chicken will burn. We haven't got there yet, have we? Uh, your mother's involved. Yeah, my mother's involved. <laughs> There'll be no revival while my mother's still alive because we've got to go fetch her for dinner. don't turn up she'd have the police out looking for her that could be good couldn't it oh then my imagination's running riot <laughs> god bless my mother <laughs> so we're living in these days and so then I looked at, I've been looking at revivals of old and I'm going way back now I've, I've read some stuff around Charles Spurgeon I've read some stuff around John Piper. I've read some stuff around, um, oh, I don't know all the stuff I've read now. But I've been looking for the threads. I've been looking for the threads. What's the, what's, what's the things that run alongside what we're hearing about today in Kentucky and what happened years ago? Do you think like me or is it just me? It must be just me. <laughs> and so I like, because I get intrigued by that. Because, you see, because of social media, this revival that they're calling it in Kentucky is spread around. And we all like to be asked questions about it. Yeah? And we need to be able to give an answer. We need to be able to say, oh, God does things like this. Because he is a reviver. Yeah, and he does wake us up. Yeah? And tonight, you've been in a meeting, and if people ask you, and actually, even in our place, it wasn't the, it's not a revival like over, Ken, uh, over in Kentucky, but people have been healed, people have been touched, people have received. God's not going to leave us out. Yeah? I can't say what's really going on in Kentucky. I can hear the reports, but I can say what I'm seeing here. Yeah? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So, 10 observations from the revival in Kentucky. It's spontaneous. Humans can't orchestrate a revival. It's God sent. That is what you read about in all of the revivals of years ago. Yeah? Those people will have gone now to be with Jesus. But that's how it was. Christ is exalted. The name of Jesus, this is from a person that was there, a well-known person, not well known to me, but well known in the Christian world. The name of Jesus was lifted up the entire evening. And Jesus was honoured by the students. It's a mark. Jesus must be honoured in our midst. He must be lifted up. There is much anticipation. 
We've got to have got the drift by now. That we've got to have an expectancy in our hearts. Yeah? If we want to see, and Dan's not here tonight, the atmosphere change, then we've got to have an expectancy in our hearts. Yeah? Whether, we, whether that's coming into church, and I don't believe it's just about coming into church. I believe that's about everywhere you go. Look, it's pretty hard to have expectancy in your heart when you're sat in a hospital. A&E was chaos on Monday. And very quickly, you can feel things ebb away, can't you? But you've got to find a connection. And that's what I said to you at the beginning of tonight. I don't know what that is for you, but you've got to connect with God. We're living in days when God wants us to connect with him so that wherever we are and whatever we're doing, whether we're in church, whether we're out of church, there's a connection that says, God, you're in this. You're my life. You're the life giver. And you can come and do whatever you can do in that hospital, wherever we find ourselves in whatever you're doing. There's got to be an expectancy. And that's why you see this week, I've gotten excited about reading about the revivals. I was love, loving reading about all the, um, all the things that have taken place, all the things that have happened years ago. There's much anticipation, so much so that people are gathering outside, they're queuing for hours, they're coming for miles. I read today of somebody that travelled 16 hours, 10 hours, 11 hours. They're coming from all over. It is student-led. I liked that. You see, big names go in revival because the big name is Jesus. Is student-led, and and I've seen pictures where all over all over the um, all over the chapel, they've been on their knees, they've been crying out to God, they've been praying prayers, they've been lifting His name, they've been worshiping. There's a beautiful balance. This is observation again, of order and freedom. That's my God. Order and freedom. This person's got a doctorate and he says, while researching and writing on revivals while I was in the doctoral program, I witnessed many so-called revivals that appeared to be out of control. You see, there will be decency and order with God. Yeah? Yeah? And it's not like that in Kentucky. There is freedom to kneel, to pray, to cry, to share the scripture, to confess your sin and prayer. All of that was normal. All of that was taking place and it's normal. God is moving. I know that's true because I witnessed him at work in people around me. I also know it's true because God moved in my own life while I was there. I went as, as an observer. You see, not everybody that goes to revival meetings go because they want to be revived. Many people go to observe and see. Yeah? But this person went to observe and was quickly overwhelmed by the manifest presence of God. I knelt by a side window and tears just flowed down my cheeks as I prayed for a closer walk with him. 
And this man is a man who walks pretty close. Then as I wiped away my own tears and stood up, I noticed people lying prostrate all down the aisles. I heard people crying out in repentance. It's another mark of revival. Awakening, whatever you want to call it. There will be repentance. There will be crying. There will be tears. There will be, I'm sorry, God. They were lying prostrate. One college student near me was on his face, crying out for God to forgive. (laughs) I liked this. One One theological seminary that this guy had gone to, he heard it said that one true sign of a revival is it begins with agony, not ecstasy. I liked that. You see, ever before you know something about the joy, you know something about the freedom of Jesus Christ, you have got to have been to the cross. Yeah? You have got to have, in those valley moments, found God in the mystery. Yeah? Because when we found him in the mystery, we can shout from the rooftops. The worship is powerful. The song is powerful. And there's much joy. That happens when we're awakened When God is reviving us, the worship is powerful and there is much joy. It's true. Yeah? Because we recognize the goodness of our God and his faithfulness in our lives. And there seemed to have been, was the observation, a genuine joy in the lives of those present. (laughs) You'll like this one, Helen. This observer said, Time seems to have slowed down. You see, if Helen could stay here 24-7, she would. Time seems to have slowed down. The fact was, and this was one of the most surprising insights, he said, I stood and then I knelt for hours. You think about that. Whatever your age, harder as you get older, It's hard to kneel for hours, isn't it? Yet this man did that. I looked at my watch and it was 11 o'clock at night, meaning that it was many hours had passed and I just remained on my knees in the presence of God. And it seemed such a short time. Then from that, there is a desire to spread the news. That's God-given, yeah? Because you just want to share what you got. Think back to maybe when you got saved or think back to a time when God has is, is answered your prayer and this. you just got to share the news, haven't you? You just got to tell people how good and how great, and that's happening. You see, they're, they're coming away and they're telling people and it's spreading. They're sharing the good news. There's a desire to do that. There's an experience of the grace of God. I'm glad that's in there because you've got a real sense about the grace of God at this moment, haven't you? And they're eager to tell people of their experience. Word is spreading. Another sign, people are coming. 
There's thousands, according to the news reports. That's Everything I'm saying here is what I've read about in revivals of old. It, we would be here forever if I... I've just been um, encouraged and blessed to be reading. Do it. Do it yourselves. You know, start reading up on some of the things. Because do you know what it will do to you? It will start... Number one, you will look and you will read. I, I, I mean, I like reading about some of the um, olden days. Um, and I like reading about and hearing about what's happening over in Kentucky. But something will happen within you as, as you humbly measure and weigh what you're reading. What happens is an expectancy starts to occur in your own heart. Yeah? If you will read it with a attitude that says, God, I don't know what this is. I don't know whether it's revival. I don't know whether it's an awakening. I don't know whether it's, you know, I'm not there. I don't know what's going on. But God, I know that I want you. Yeah? I know that I want what you're doing. People are coming because many are longing for revival. And the reason that they know that they've come from so many um, different places is because the car tags are revealing it. It's showing what counties they've come from. And they're seeing what God is doing. And that's besides the ones that are flying in from all over the world. Somebody else said, Thousands of believers hungry for God flocked in during the weekend and the revival spread to the outside with the whole crowd breaking into praise and worship and they weren't even in the building. And I find, find this interesting because I feel there's a sense of what um, is happening and I see it happening, and I've, I've heard it being spoken about. God is calling his people back to an intimacy and a first love for him. It's a mark that God is reviving something. I'm not suggesting that this is going to spread through the world. It may. I know America needs it. Yeah? But so does Britain. Yeah? And so do we. You see, it begins with a personal revival. It's a personal, I gotta reach out, I gotta seek God, I've gotta trust God. And I'll be honest with you, reading the amount that I've read this week and the things that happened, it's challenged me. Because if it doesn't challenge us, then there's no point really reading it, is it? Many times in history, you'll see that revival came before calamity, or world wars, or major events. And I guess you can say, if you look the world over, we're in a bit of a pickle, aren't we? There's some calamities going on, aren't there? There's some major events going on. And 
I love reading about the, you know, the terrible, terrible tragedy in Turkey. And it is horrendous and many, many people have died, but there are stories of hope all the time in these tragedies, in these events. There's stories of hope. There's never not stories of hope. And it amazes me that God is in the midst and, and, and ministering and, and the survival of some people that have been buried under rubble for days and days and days when hope was given up that anybody could be alive. Our God, our God is in the midst. Yeah? Because God wants to revive his people. There's a scripture that says, revive us again. Another observer says, he's not keen to call it a revival, but he's very sure it's an awakening. That actually, God is waking people up. So some different words for Revival, our awakening, outpouring of the spirit, spiritual renewal, restoration, revive us again. <sighs> what am I holding up? If we're awakened, it's the call from the Spirit of God. And the call goes to every heart, to every child of God. Because it's the Spirit that calls us to life and calls us to light and calls us to love. And tonight, I believe God in his grace has just given us a little reminder, a little taste. Just... And it's not just in this meeting, he's done it at other times, in other meetings. But tonight again, by his grace, he said to us, I'm here. If you will connect with me, if you will reach out and you will hold my hand in the mystery, if you will humble yourself, not having all the answers, not knowing the way, not knowing, the, not knowing what is what, if you will trust me in this day and in this generation, I'll come. I'll come. Just like I promised, I'll come. I'll come. You see, another characteristic of revivals throughout the years is that somewhere, someone's began to pray. In groups this size and even smaller. The Welsh revival was two little old ladies. Yeah? that had a hunger and a desire to see. You see, anything could happen. If we've got a hunger, if we've got a desire, if you came into the meeting tonight with an expectancy in your heart and a desire to be here, Sarah did. I've been with her today. She could hardly walk. She came because she knew 
two days in the hospital weren't her answer. One minute in the presence changed everything. There was an expectancy. And until there's an expectancy in our lives and in our hearts, whether that's for whatever, yeah, there'll be no change. You see, people questioned the fact that we talked about this for so long. Yet tonight I'm holding it up again. Why? Because there's life. There's life. Yeah? There is life. Yeah? That can only come from one source and it's God himself. You see... One of the marks of revival is, and it's interesting, I, I love it, that it's, it's happened amongst these young people in Kentucky. But there are older people there that have come. There are, there are mothers of their children coming along. The children have been saying, you've got to come and see. So they've turned up. Cool, I bet they've never been invited to university with their kids before. <laughs> they've turned up to see. And they're seeing God move. And he's touching them. I love it. I love it. It's good, isn't it? This is good. I, you know, only, well, my son went to university. I can't think for one minute that he just said, Mom, come up the university. <laughs> he wouldn't have wanted me to see what he was doing up there. <laughs> but this, see what I mean? See what I'm saying? They come. And, 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 <laughs> I want to tell you that in the midst of your circumstance and in the midst of your turmoil, if we bring it right back down to the nitty gritty, if you will open your heart up to God, he'll come. Really? He really, really will? In the midst of the mystery? In the midst? And you may not get immediate answers, but you, you may. There's got to be that level of expectancy that we're seeing in those young people desiring, you know, and they went in, and I, I read another report. Um, it was an ordinary meeting. Someone stood and preached. Someone prayed. And God came. You see, at any time and in any place, God can come. And when he chooses to do that, he's looking for a people that have humbled themselves and recognized that they need his grace, asking that the Holy Spirit will fill them. Yeah, all the things that we've talked about, asking for forgiveness. Because there's something about when God touches your heart, when God awakens your heart, you start actually to recognize things that actually, God, I'm sorry, whatever those things might be. Yeah? God, I'm sorry because I, I want your grace. I need your grace. I need to change. I need to be different. 
And that ends up taking a priority over the fact that I need you to heal me. I need you to set me free. I need this from you. I need that from you. Because actually we stop saying that I need this, I need that, I need the other. And we start to recognize that what we need is God. Yeah? And if you come and you do this for me, that's wonderful. But if you don't, it's okay. I trust you, Lord. That's childlike trust. That's a trust that says, God, I'm holding your hand. Because we've got to understand something, that, that not always will God come in the way that we expect or the way that we think, and we've read that tonight, because his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts aren't our thoughts. But God will be present in the life of the one who is hungry. I read this in one of my readings, and I've read so much this week. God alone can save the world, but God chooses not to save the world alone. I like that. God alone can save the world, but God chooses not to save the world alone. God chooses that God and man will unite. That's why he looks for that that connection, that intimacy. You see, because when he has that, He knows that he has your heart and he knows that you will do what he asks you to do. Yeah? An awakened heart will say, yes, God. An awakened heart will say, okay, God, if that's what you're asking, I'll do it. I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it. Actually, you don't even have the dialogue. Something very significant takes place. The dialogue goes and you sense in your spirit that God is says and you, said and you will say yes. The dialogue is gone. Yeah? Because you just know in your heart, because you've got that connection. Okay, God, you can save this situation, you can do this, but you've chosen not to do it on your own. You've chosen to call me in on this. So I'm coming, Lord. And I'm nervous and I'm, you know, I am fearful and I can't do this. But I'm coming, Lord, just the way I am. So, read up on the Kentucky Revival. It's already got its critics. Be careful. Do not make the decision that this may not be God, because it could just be God. Yeah? Yeah? And if it's changing lives and saving souls, then it's it's God. I'm not there, but the reports I'm hearing, and be careful about the reports you read. If you read the balanced reports from men of God that have walked the road and are trustworthy and accountable, then you will get a measure of what God is doing. Yeah? And we are called to weigh and we are called to measure and we are called to look. But then you see, I didn't remain in the Kentucky Revival. I went back. And guess what? I found so many things. Back in Spurgeon's day. Yeah? 
back in, um, oh, there's just so many, my mind's gone blank now, but back in days, of, and there's a thread, there's a theme. Those things that I read out to you was a theme back in the 1800s, the 1900s. It was there. Towns were getting saved. Cities were getting saved. It's already been took out of this actual campus and it's gone into another, more than one campus. It's being spread. It's being took around because the people who are overseeing and there, there is an overseeing taking place and I was glad to read that. It, it is be, there is decency in order in the middle of all of it, have made the decision, let's take it somewhere else. And guess what? God's turning up somewhere else. Yeah? And then the somewhere else just says, let's take it somewhere else. And guess what? God's turning up somewhere else. It's spreading. Yeah? He's not confined to that chapel building. It's spreading. I want to say to you tonight, what you receive in God every time you come into this house, you can spread it. You can take it wherever you go. You can say, that's happening in Kentucky, but guess what? Wednesday night, I saw things happen in the house from witnesses. There are witnesses that actually what you saw in Kentucky, God's doing here in our hearts. We may not be there at revival stage yet, but what I'm saying is it's the same God. Yeah? Yeah? We've got a testimony. We've got a witness. Yeah? We've got something to say. And do you know, I think even today I ended up being in this place with Sarah. God wanted me in there. So tonight I could say to you what she said to you is the truth. Because I know the journey. I know the miracle that even took place today. And she made no fuss. No, nothing before my eyes. That's so I can tell you, God is in our hearts, in our lives, moving in our midst. Amen? Yeah? And if we've got that expectancy, you see, before Sarah, there's a picture here, before she went to the hospital, she met with God in her bedroom. I can do this. In you, God, you're going to take me through there. So she was ready. She was prepared. She went in with an expectancy in her heart that it wasn't going to be the same, and it wasn't the same. And God met, and the scan was clear. I want to tell you, yeah. I want to tell you that if we, as we humble ourselves, I've seen him move. Before today, I've seen him move in the mystery. And I know in people's lives, there's lots of things that are a mystery. There's lots of things you want to see God moving. And I want to say to you tonight that your hunger and your desire for Jesus could be part of the answer that will draw somebody else into his presence. As they look at your... That happened for me. I remember many years ago when I was questioning, looking to God, thinking about salvation, knowing that, I, that it was what I saw in somebody else that made me say one day, God, I don't understand all of this, but I want what they've got. Don't you want to be a person that people look at and say, I want what you've got? Yeah, I want what you've got, because what you've got is God. What you got is the spirit of God living in you. Don't you want to be a person that says, I want that? And you won't have all the answers. And you won't know everything about the word. Because I want to tell you, even, even as you walk the journey, you walk the road, 
life gets more mysterious. Doesn't get less mysterious, does it? There's more mysteries. There's more stuff we don't understand. And the more you know, I've come to the conclusion, the less I know. Yeah? So don't think your answer is that you've got to know all of this word. But read the word with humility and humbleness and understand it. But understand that it's the word and the spirit. I'll never, ever forget that sermon. You remember it, don't you? Somehow, I don't know how we got there. Somehow we went to Methodist Central Hall in London. And we heard R.T. Kendall preach. I've never forgotten the sermon. How many years ago was that? Yeah, it must have been good, 25 years ago, if I remember it. And his theme for that day was, the word and the spirit have to come together. That's life. And I'll never forget, he said a whole lot more, but that man, I don't know if you know very much, I mean, he's written much, he's a good man. You know, I don't know if he's alive still, is he? Is he alive still? Oh, he's alive still. There you go. Because he was, I think he was due retirement coming up, wasn't he? Or moving on. He was going somewhere. But anyway, it was power. You know, and I never for, I've never forgotten it. It was a word. It, it was so anointed. And um, I want to tell you, yeah, the word and the spirit have got to come together in our lives and in our hearts because it brings life. And I want to say anything could happen. I don't know if revival's going to come to Britain. See, that's interesting. Oh, I could be here all night. I've got to shut up. It's interesting. Go on the journey like I've just done. It doesn't take long. This is amazing now. You can find everything on here. But just go. And what it will do, if you come with a right heart and a right mind before God, it will in you create an expectancy. It will. And, 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 and I didn't really know. In fact, tonight, I couldn't write very much down. Um, and what I've referred to is notes from observers in there. So normally I've written, ream, but I couldn't. And that's because Jesus said, I want to come. I want to I, I do. I wanna, you see, signs and wonders will follow. But actually it was the other way around. The word was in my heart. And he did. So that's helped my case tonight. Because he's already done something in our midst that was tangible, that was touchable, that was believable, that was real, that happened. So it's made what I brought to you tonight believable. For those of you that maybe have not took too much notice about what's happening in Kentucky. But I want to tell you that this is possible anywhere. And then I was intrigued because the last time we met, I read from Joel that in the last days, he would pour out his spirit. And the Holy Spirit reminded me, I brought that just two weeks ago. And this is happening lots and lots of times. That when something is brought here on a Wednesday, either by you or myself or whoever, whatever God wants to bring, we're seeing it happen. We're seeing it happen. We're seeing it happen. And I tell you, I, I really believe that we've got to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. We've got to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Look past some of the stuff. 
and listen to what the Spirit is saying. Because he is saying to our hearts that anything is possible, yeah? That he wants to awaken us, he wants to revive us, he wants us to be so close to him that we can walk and talk with him. That in the mystery, we can see our God, yeah? Whether we're in the valley, whether we're on the mountaintop, whether it's good news, whether, whether it's bad news. You know, we've got, to, we've got to come to a place in God that we are so walking with him that bad news comes and we either say, God, I'm in your hands, I'm in your care, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to wait on you, I'm going to believe you, I'm going to trust you, but it's okay because you're in this with me, yeah? And you are the one that's bringing me through. Even when the enemy means it for evil. It doesn't matter. Because further up in that chapter, it actually says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why are you letting it prosper? It might be formed. But it's up to me whether I let it prosper. No weapon fashioned against you will prosper. And I've known times in my life when it has been the enemy. We've known times in our lives when it's been the enemy. But we've had to make a decision. It's not going to prosper. That's my decision. That's your decision. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. We've got steps there. We've got a response that's expected of us. Yeah? That when the enemy comes against us, we don't tolerate it. There's some things in our lives we will not tolerate, will we? We won't have it, will we? I mean, I've been shopping with Hillary. And if she has goods that are a bit dodgy and she's got to take them back, you don't want to be the shopkeeper. I'm telling you, I've been with her. Yeah, she will not, you won't have it, will you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> she won't, but what I'm saying is, that's how we've got to be with the enemy of our soul. I'm not having this. You have no authority in my life. Jesus, you're my authority. And it's in you that I take my stand. And it's you that I put my trust in. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. None. And you don't condemn the person. You forgive the person. Oh, that's amazing. Do you feel like it? Absolutely not. What you feel like doing is planting on one. It's truth, isn't it? But when we do it God's way, yeah, then he helps us forgive the person. And then it goes on even more to something else. Bless them. What? Bless them? Not like that. Lord, and I tell you what, I want to tell you it works. It's real. You know it. You know it, don't you? It's for real. And that person might never, ever be any different. But pow, you are. You are. Yeah. Because it's the work of the Spirit of God. And I want to tell you, he is going to awaken his church. Is there going to be a worldwide revival? Mm? There's mixed thoughts about that. And I'm not getting into that tonight. But I do very strongly believe there will be pockets of what we're seeing in Kentucky. 
until Jesus returns again. I do believe that because he's awakening people and the young people and the old people need it. But isn't it wonderful that it's the young people? Isn't it amazing that it's the young people? Isn't it absolutely mind-blowing? that wouldn't, wouldn't we love to see that happening in some of the universities here in England? Yeah? Because there's a real concern about the young people of today. Because there's not the word of God going on. They don't get it in the schools like they once did. There is an apathy amongst the younger generation. Statistics are saying they don't want to know about church. If you look at some of the Christian statistics that are out there, it is bad, it is grim. We need God to awaken us. And that's how, that's how we pray. That's how we believe, isn't it? That's how we're praying for our loved ones. That's how we want to see our children. We want to see them in the kingdom. We want to see them awaken. But I want to tell you, do you know what? Our families want to see you and me awakened. Yeah. They want to see us awakened. They want to see what God means. You know, have you considered that they too, like you once did, are weighing up? Is God real or isn't he? Yeah. They want to see us awaken. They want to see that God is real, that God is our everything, that he has changed. And I just don't mean keep talking, talking, talking. Live your life. There's joy, there's laughter, there's love, there's forgiveness. Forgive one another. Because our God tells us to do those things. And are we living in the last days? Quite probably. There's still a lot of things that need to pass. We've been living in the last days ever since Jesus died. We've been, haven't we? We've been living in the last days ever since Jesus' death. Yeah? Are we getting nearer to his coming? Yeah, of course we are. But there's still things that need to happen. There's still things that need to take place. And that's another story for another time. But I want to tell you, Jesus is building his church. Will he find faith? Will he find faith in us? Will he find the grace in us? Will he find the hunger in us like there is in Kentucky? Yeah, I hope so. Because it means... You know, just imagine if, yeah, Helen's been, been imagining it for I don't know how long. Just imagine. It wouldn't just be us, there'd be others flocking to us. So they'd be outside there. That It would be amazing, wouldn't it? And tonight, God is saying, it's possible. It's possible. 